Hello and welcome to the Practical Leadership Podcast, where I interview great leaders and try to extract their wisdom and their experience for you to learn from and hopefully avoid making their mistakes. If you want to upgrade your leadership skills in 25 minutes, check out practical-leadership.academy. Matt Thorley, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Would you introduce yourself, please? Yeah. So as you've said, I'm Matt Thorley. Um, so my kind of current role is working at uh, Tate Galleries as head of sales, um, which is a new title as of five days ago. So kind of very current and very new. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And yeah, I've got kind of a, a very diverse working background that has a clear narrative running through it of um service and delivering excellence to customers. So I've worked at theme parks, I've worked at railway control center, um, museums, nature reserves. I mean, if we want to go back before I can track what I'm calling my career, I've worked at race courses, supermarkets. <laughs> so the whole breadth, the whole breadth of uh, customer service offer. Well, fantastic. Now, if we go that far back, I was doing door-to-door sweetie sales, but then that's quite... Yeah, I could have put I could have put paper around in as well. Uh, totally, no, <laughs> that makes it fun. When did you first end up managing people? Um, not long after I finished university. Um, so like, what will what will draw out of this conversation? I suspect is that I've adapted to uh, variants of different things, and I think this was the first step that I took out of university after studying fine art and photography. The next logical step is to go and work at a theme park in sales. Um, so that was that was my summer job, and then within a year of that, I um, became sales and information manager. Um, n- there was no career plans for it, but I absolutely loved it. Um, the chance to carry on developing a team that I'd been a part of, but also working closely with people I'd worked with, developing their skills, and bringing bringing them to the fore as well. Um, was just just something I loved about loved about it. So yeah, it was almost a. It didn't feel like an effort to get there, but as soon as it landed, I jumped into it with two feet. So you were you went from like a summer job to a full time job. Summer job to full time job. Yeah, yeah. In a theme park. In a theme park. Man, this is like every kid's dream. <laughs> I lo- I loved it because I, I'm not a fan of roller coasters personally. Um, they they make me feel awful. But just the kind of atmosphere that you have there. Um, if I say I loved the people I was working with, the people that visit a theme park are just primed for fun and enjoyment. So it just makes the job so much easier that you can enhance their day. It's nice. So you're building on what they bring in with them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the general public, I mean, I've had a fair few general public roles as well. I, mean, I used to work in theatres. Yeah, it sounds glamorous. No, I was selling ice cream, you know, down the front, you know. Come on, yeah. Edwards, down here. <laughs> and oh my goodness, the general public can be wonderful but weird. Oh, definitely, definitely. You get to see the uh, unique char- characteristics across the whole breadth of people. Humanity, though. I think it's something you get, you see a difference in people who've done that sort of job, I really do, who have this different appreciation for, well, I don't know, call it humanity, call it what you want, but you're because you've seen... Uh, so many different types of people in so many different situations, you really have a different understanding, a different perception of of 
the human beast. Yeah, yeah definitely. And it kind of feeds into where where I am now and where other people are. It's that kind of connection with people. Mm-hmm. When you get difficult difficult moments with customers and you're trying to resolve something that's happened for them, you've got that that awareness of different different characteristics, different personalities, and how to tailor things to to those people and not treat everyone as if they're a carbon copy of the person you were talking to before. So when you got your first job, people manager straight out of university, you did the magical leap from um, summer job to full-time job. You were obviously learning a lot at the time. And in the intervening time, what have you taken away? What then would you advise somebody doing that same sort of leap somebody taking on that job as a first-time manager, what would you advise them? Number one would be just jump in and enjoy the job straight up, straight away. You'll be, you'll be personally more warm to opportunities if, you, if you're loving what you do and just getting to experience everything that there is to do. And if any opportunities come your way, just, just jump at them and take them on. You will you will adapt to them or if you don't if you don't initially adapt to them if you make mistakes then that's that's something that you can pick up and learn from and go at next time but the second narrative is take take advice and take opportunities from other people because i can sit here and chat with you now about everything that i've done personally to get myself to where i am now but it's never it's never as black and white as that it's never one person Take, take in their own development. You're a big player in it, but I always tie my time at Alton Towers back to a point when I'd been there for about three months. Mm-hmm. And I was standing in a sales booth at two o'clock in the afternoon on a cold, wet September afternoon, looking out of the window. It's pretty much the same as today. And there was a guy called Chris who at the time was a rides manager. And he just, he just passed by, had a quick two-minute chat with me but finished the chat and said, if there's anything you need in developing further here, just give me a shout. And that stuck with me ever since. And through my progression at Alton Towers, Chris was a constant in there. And during that time, he might have not had any involvement again with me, but just the fact that I was in a, an environment where someone made that gesture goes such a long way. So don't, yeah, if someone says that to you, don't, don't treat it as just a passing comment. Just bend their ear, take advantage of that of that situation, and see where see where you can go with things. So somebody offered you some mentorship. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You talked about adaptability, about enjoying the job, jumping in, enjoying the job, but being able to adapt to different situations. And of course, dealing with the general public, yes, one has to adapt because the public is public, and there's lots of us, and we're all different. What would you say is your best practical how-to, how to adapt, how to do something? What is that? Um, I guess a practical on how to adapt is you almost just do or just just get involved because adapting is reacting to a situation that you're almost not ex- not expecting. Hmm. So I could track back through my whole career and give you a kind of detailed analysis of of every period of adapting but in in reality it's it's the same core ingredients every time is that you've got an unexpected moment you've got an unexpected opportunity so actually you've just got to take the details 
as someone that works with people, you've got to look at the the impact on on people and how that what they need and what what support they need. So we've talked a lot about my time working at a theme park. Left, right, and centre at a theme park, you have incidents of varying, uh, var- varying kind of severity. And there's one, one that sticks out from 2015, which was a roller coaster crash at Alton Towers. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't there on the day it happened, but the day after, when I came in, I had a team that looked after all, all customer contact, and to this, to this day, I love them um, in, for um, one, their kind of loyalty to phoning me on the day it happened to ask for different different things but not actually telling me what it was because i was i was away that day on a on a day off um and coming back in the next day was that reactive moment of we've got all of this customer contact about what do i do with tickets there was the negative side of customer contact around what had happened and my team was absolutely flooded with it and collectively we had to we had to adapt to it and work out how we got through all of the backlog how we managed managed our time and me me personally i would say that's one of my moments where i didn't adapt as well as i should or or, or as well as i could but also i think for me that's a time where i've taken a learning away to to how we how i adapt after that and what the primary focus was because right rightly or wrongly in the role i was i always needed to take a, an overall view of what was happening both with the team but also what was going to happen over the coming days the coming weeks the coming months and it almost felt like i wasn't with the team at the time of time of need so i kind of took a an element of guilt away from me uh, away from that situation personally and used it to inform my decisions on if I'm dealing with anything in the future that is similar or of a reactive nature where a team really needs to get involved with it. I've kind of learned then to kind of get into the detail with the team and make sure they've got everything they need and they're not overworking themselves and overburdening them set themselves with quite emotional subjects that they were receiving in via social media calls, emails and the like. So whilst i come out of that saying yes we did adapt i definitely for myself took aspects away that have informed me and improved me as a as a leader across future roles if you were there was it back to 2015 and you are in fact you were your manager what would you advise matt at that time to do it's It's all going to hell matt (laughs) You need to pay attention to these three things. I think first off, pay attention to your own well-being. I had a group of people that were of the mentality of when things go wrong, we all muck in. But actually people working from seven, eight o'clock in the morning till 10, 11 o'clock at night is not, it's not a healthy situation. You're probably not doing your best work after a week of doing that. Hmm. So set the set the expectations of what I expect them to do. By working those extra hours, we're not going to get through that whole backlog. There's definitely a talk about the fra- the frameworks we need and what we are kind of responding to and what we're not responding to and how we go about that and who does it. And I think, I think thirdly is just 
I think uh, thirdly is actually what we did is keep the atmosphere within that team quite light and the about the situation is just try and find some enjoyment through the course of the day because like I say they were long days it was heavy heavy subject matter actually we just needed to detach ourselves a bit from from the emotion and the mm. and the situation in in very in very simple terms it's always a a people led uh, process which i get it's a you could arguably say that's a buzzword but my core value is people development i have a unwritten unspoken code in my head that my perfect job in terms of completion is that five years down the line i've made myself redundant because i've built the team underneath me that mm-hmm. actually if i step away the department carries on they're still growing they're still developing because everyone has developed themselves to a level i i would want to leave because there are three four five people who are ready to step into my shoes and it feels that i am i am the block so yeah i'd always happily just step away once everyone has reach reach their ceiling so actually they can break through that and go on to the next level mm-hmm. and i'm never never against someone saying to me i have a new job and it's not in this organization because actually maybe there's not the opportunity within this organization isn't there but they can go on to bigger and better things within within other organizations so yeah i used to i used to love seeing people on my team who were leaving but they were leaving to go on to bigger bigger and better things wherever yeah i mean as a head of sales you should be getting enthused with the the deals and the the business that you're bringing in right and i used to struggle with that you have to fake it sometimes you say oh you want a deal that's wonderful i'm so excited and i'm not really very excited at all what i'm really excited in is that you did it yeah because yesterday you couldn't do it and today you have done it and that's cool exactly and it's sometimes that sometimes the hardest part with um kind of developing and growing and coaching people is feels a bit demotivational when you're challenging their beliefs Mm. and there's a there's one of my team that i'm chatting to at the moment before this this call and i said i'll go back to him afterwards because i've just posed him a a riddle around how you how you see top performers within the team is it quantity or or quantity or quality Mm. Uh, so i'm really intrigued about how the how the answer looks after this call there's a nice there's a line just going back to one of your points there about making yourself redundant there's a line in um jim collins good to great where he's talking about a players and a players hire a plus players and they are happy when these people then can take over your job when you leave your organization continues and continues to grow a b player hires a c player and when you leave the organization falls apart yeah, it's very much yeah that hiring and um, developing are the are the big aspects, and I'm in a really unique position at the moment that throughout all of the pandemic and the changes and everything that went with that is of my twelve line reports, ten of them are new to management within the last eighteen months, two years. Hmm. So it's a it's a great time to see people see people adapt, but see people learn and make make mistakes that they can they at first they may panic about but there's a bit there's a realization a few months down the line is actually that was a great learning opportunity to see where i go next yeah that's when something goes wrong your your first word in your mind should be good yeah 
this has gone wrong and I haven't got what I want. Good. What have I learned? How have I grown? What can we get better at, at this time? I haven't got what I want. So what what, what, what am I going to do with what I've got? Exactly. Good. You know, I like that. All right. That's interesting. It's an interesting uh, place you find yourself. So, I mean, how close do you say the Tate is to a theme park? I'm not sure you can answer that without getting into trouble, can you? I love it. I mean, I love I love modern. I love Britain. Yeah, as, as bricks and mortar go, they are very different. Yeah. Um, in terms of audience base, they're very different. But also, I feel like there's occasional crossover as well, which is quite which is which is quite nice, uh, depending on types of exhibitions. So we've we've had exhibitions in the last few years that they're more experiences than exhibitions. Mm-hmm which maybe I shouldn't let that phrase become public because maybe it's uh, detracting from the artists. But um, we've got one at, we've got one at the moment actually that went on went on sale yesterday for the next six months and it's such a big hitter that we will sell out by the end of this week for the next six months. But that's very much uh, experience art where they're called infinity mirror rooms and you go in two, three minutes and you experience um dark room with mirrors and lights and it's just almost like a an endless infinity of of lights and it's uh yeah as a as a concept it just it just works so well for getting in enjoying it and uh having those moments for instagram which feels very much like uh, <laughs> like the theme park world is all about experiences uh, but in terms of in terms of operating it's very much that kind of same theme park mentality of we want to do X, Y, and Z. Let's have a one-to-one here. Let's do this here. But then we suddenly have a huge day that's busy. Operations just get moved left, right, and center. And you're then you're wanting to still give the attention, but everyone's got the acceptance of, okay, we, operations are unexpected. Let's move it and adapt. So very much like that. And um, we we were chatting a couple of weeks ago, and. Um, we had time planned in and I had to mm-hmm. change it at the last minute because we had the accessible wristband collection point for the Queen's line and state queue line. And that was, it was, it was run, run externally, but it was so busy and such a nuanced um, operation that as Tate, we supported in delivering that. And that was a completely unexpected turn where, um, one meetings got changed but also two we were due to have the the ticket sale release that i mentioned a minute ago which has gone on sale yesterday that was due to happen that same week but um because of everything that was going on operationally out of respect for mm-hmm. um the queen we had to we had to delay it because of all of the marketing that we would have had to throw behind that mm-hmm. But interesting that was also the second time it had been delayed because we had um some rogue bots trying to do something untoward on our website so yeah as a much like a theme park you react to unexpected unexpected behavior do you get a chance to experience the experiences before you sell them yes and no so yes yes we do but again it comes down to um beg, begging and borrowing time a bit for the for the right things and you always say to yourself actually i could go in now but actually if i do it in two weeks it'll be a bit calmer and i'll have been able to get this work done but then six months down the down the line and the exhibition's closing like oh i need to i need to get myself in so um and it's it's strange that it doesn't make sense with me working here but i'm still a member of tate good for you 
So yeah, we get we get a collect a small number of um, staff tickets, but I've actually got the freedom to go and visit whenever I want. And um, yeah, I need to I need to give myself some care and attention and actually go <laughs> go and are. see them myself. Ah, art is freedom. Um, what are you listening to? What are you reading? I'm listening to uh, the uh, Jay Comfrey podcast um, around leadership and learning from other walks of life so the reason i started listening to it was that the first couple of episodes were with um football managers former football players so there was a natural hook for me but as it's as it's developed and you've got different leaders on there so um, i think one that i initially thought i'm not going to listen to that one because i've got no no interest was the i think ceo of joe malone the candle makers mm -hmm. and i listened to it and i think i got more out of that than i did from listening to podcasts from sports players and um personalities that i was aware of so yeah it's a great great bit of insight to different different leadership styles different ways of working what would you like to thank your younger self for doing what did young matt do well uh it's probably a cliche but i'd say staying open-minded um which i could probably argue with myself and say i didn't stay open-minded i probably just didn't apply myself to one specific thing so um i'll take the uh i'll take the positive side of that and say that i didn't set myself down one specific path actually i was going off to study what was essentially a hobby in fine art and photography so i never pigeonholed myself too much although you could argue that i'm now working at an art gallery so maybe i've landed where i should have done good and lastly uh can people find you on linkedin and at the tate.org.uk for tickets to kasama exactly so yeah i'm available on linkedin um but yeah they can they can find me on my uh, email at tate as well matthew.thorley at tate.org.uk or they can just walk into tate and pop to a ticket desk and ask for me and i'll i wouldn't be too far away wonderful matt thorley thank you very much indeed thank you paul it's been great that's a wrap thank you for joining me today your homework Subscribe and share this with a friend or colleague. Please leave your five-star review and any comments you have because that really helps me to improve every day and it helps people to discover me online. If you want to upgrade your leadership skills in 25 minutes, you should check out practical-leadership.academy.